Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs> Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> what is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Big Drive Energy, episode number 52, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. I am your host, Big Drive Spence, Spencer Smith, along with my brother, uh, Big Drive Mitch, Mitchell Smith. How are you doing today, brother? Uh, what's going on in your life? Um, well, there's been a lot of golf going on. I can tell you that much. A lot of things in the world of golf going on. Uh, a lot of different stuff we're going to touch on. We had the Rocket Mortgage last week. We've got the infamous John Deere uh, coming up next week that we did not have last year. And then we've got the British Open the, the following week. And then we had the match, uh, DeChambeau and Rogers versus Brady and Mickelson. Mickelson, excuse me. Uh, yesterday, which was a lot of fun to watch, also. And then we had DeChambeau's caddy quit the day of the tournament, uh, or Thursday last week, the first day of the event. So there's a lot to unpack there. So I, I think we just got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a, a, a fun-filled pod talking about a lot of golf, which is what we do here at DNVR underscore golf. Follow us on Twitter and TikTok, by the way. We did hit 100,000 likes on the talk. We're, follow, we're, uh, we're blowing up a little bit, you know, not to not to toot our own horn or anything, but we are blowing up a little bit on the we TikTok. We found the algorithm. We, we're, we're, we're in the cipher. We're, we're in the algorithm, algorithm cipher. <laughs> Um, so let's get into um, Cam Davis taking home his first PGA Tour win last week at the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit, Michigan. Um, another playoff. It seems like we haven't had a playoff for a long time up until two weeks ago. And then we had the eight-hole jobber. Um, Harris English prevailed. And then this week we had a five-hole playoff, which 
Uh, Cam Davis, congratulations. He's from Australia, I believe. Yeah, he's he's only 26. I think he started most of his career on the Australian PGA Tour or the European. It's connected to the European Tour a little bit, um, but he has had some high finishes. He's never won on the European Tour, and this was his first PGA Tour win. So I think this is his second full year on tour on the PGA Tour. Um, but he is Australian, and he drives it a long way. Like, we're just seeing this trend among golfers now. Every new player that comes out, he's already top 20 on the PGA Tour in driving distance. So that has a lot to do with it. If you look through his stats a little bit, doesn't look very good around the greens. His strokes game tee to green is, like, between 125 and 150 on tour, so below average there. But he putts it well, which is kind of odd. Because usually I feel like good short game players also putt well. But he doesn't uh, chip very well and pitch very well, but he putts very well. And so if you're thinking about it, logically speaking, you drive the ball a long ways and you make a lot of putts. That's probably going to be a pretty good uh, combination to play well out on tour. So for him being only 26, he's kind of a, a new name that's emerged. Like I said, this is his first tour win. So... I think we'll probably hear a lot more from this dude uh, going forward, and he was pretty fun to watch. I mean, he's a tall, lanky dude. He's built to hit it a long way, um, the exact opposite of what I am. <laughs> so he's just built to hit it far, and we've got another Kiwi that's on the ra on, the, on the PGA Tour radar now, uh, joining Adam Scott, our boy Cam Davis, Cameron Smith, excuse me, um, Cameron Smith and Mark Leishman, and I think that's... The Australian team, if they're in the Olympics for golf, would be a pretty fire team. Yeah, I actually think, did they, did they place as teams in the Olympics? We'll get into a whole Olympic preview of golf uh, before the Olympics, obviously. But I think, it's, I think it's just individual. It's not team. No, but I mean, I'm just saying the country being represented by Australia with Cam Smith, Cam Davis, Mark Leishman, that's a great group of guys, is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, that's that's a stout um, stable of players and the Australian or Australia, the Australian tour, however you want to put it, they've always put out a pretty good product. I think Greg Norman kind of started that golf culture over there. He was really one of the first to burst onto the scene and he's done so much for golf over in Australia and pretty much all over the place, but I think a lot of, he's kind of like everyone's Tiger over here, everybody's Jack Nicklaus over here in Australia. He's that, that original golfer that really put Australia on the map and really gave everyone somebody to look up to that was getting into the game of golf. They're like, oh, I want to be the next Greg Norman. So I would say Adam Scott's pretty darn close. Uh, I mean, Mark Leishman's won multiple times on tour, but his career's not quite where Norman is. Cam Smith seems like he's on a good trajectory, and then uh, Cam Davis gets his first tour win. Uh, Spence, do you want to check real quick and see who their Australian, who is representing Australia in the Olympics? Because I think that'd be pretty interesting. I know Adam Scott and Mark Leishman are both a little bit older, and they have families, so I don't know if they'd be as willing. Because one of the weird things about the Olympics this year, well, everything's been weird since COVID, uh, but they're all they're only allowing spectators, domestic spectators. So only anybody that is located in, is it Tokyo? Or? Tokyo, yeah. Yeah, so only people from Japan can attend these Olympics, which kind of sucks. Like, nobody's family can go. You know, like, 
imagine your son or daughter, it's their first ever, maybe the only time they'll ever participate in the Olympics, and you can't be there. Like, how shitty is that? So that, that really sucks, but I think that's been a deciding factor for a lot of players that don't necessarily want to leave their family for, it's probably like another three-week bubble. And realistically, it does nothing for you in, in terms of monetary gain or anything like that. You really just have to like want to represent your country in the Olympics. And some of those guys don't. I bet Cam Smith is. Do you have- yeah, so Cam Smith and Mark Leishman will both be going from Australia. Um, they don't... They, I think they do it by... The Olympic golf ranking is based on the official world golf rankings. So they just go by, like, names. So John Rahm will be playing for Spain. Thomas Morikawa, Shafle DeChambeau are all from the USA. Rory's going to be playing for Ireland. Victor Hovland for Norway. Hideki Matsuyama um, in his home home arena, if you will, will be playing for Japan. Uh, Paul Casey, Great Britain. Abraham Anser, Mexico. Sanjay M. Korea. And then we have Cam Smith, Joaquin Neiman, Tommy Fleetwood for Great Britain. Corey Connors is going to make it. Garrick Hago is going to make it for South Africa. The Higgs. Uh, Shane Lowry for Ireland. Mark Leishman for Australia. Christian Bazudenhoit from also from uh, South Africa. And then running at the top 20, Siwoo Kim from Korea. So, so wait, real quick. I don't think we've talked about this yet. <coughs> but did you see the story about Siwoo Kim and Sun JM? No. They are skipping the Scottish Open, or I'm sorry, they're skipping the British Open in order to go prepare for the Olympics because they have to medal in order to not serve a a mandatory military sentence or a military uh, mandate in Korea. What kind of lunatic scenario is that? It's how fucked up. I'd be there now. I'd be skipping. Sanjay got a top 10 for us. Uh, Real quick, getting back to... Just really fast, we just want to not toot our horns because we didn't have any winners. But Sun JM and Kevin Kivner, Kevin Kisner both finished top ten, so plus three fifty on both of those for each of us. So, so we kind of broke even, maybe yeah. a little bit off the top, not not horrible. It could have been worse. We had I had a leader again going into the weekend. Max Homo was right there and, and shit himself, but that's fine. <laughs> Anyways, that is insane to yeah, think about. Yeah, so they legitimately have to serve. And and how is it okay if they? medal in the Olympics to forego their military service. Like, that just doesn't make any sense. It's The world is just so fucked up. Like, how do you force somebody into the military? All, I think all males have a mandatory military um, service that they have to abide by no matter what. So I really don't understand how that works, but apparently they're very focused on the Olympics, so... You think well, I would be you too. Think, you think there's a little extra yeah. motivation? I'd be there. quite focused for that. Like, yeah, sure. I don't want to trade in my sticks for an AR and a machete. I want to, I want to go play golf. And I mean, the they're two of the best players in the world. Like to take that away from them, I think I don't quote me. I think it's a two-year mandatory service. Because um, there's another guy, I can't remember his name. A lot of facts on this podcast. Uh, there's another guy that had a similar sentence from one of the Koreas a few years back, and he finally just, he got back like two years ago. Was it Siwoo Kim? Does that name? Be, so wait, Siwoo Kim is participating in this year's For Olympics. Korea and Sun J.M. And Sun J.M. Is it Ben On? No, Ben On's still playing on tour. It was one, oh my god, I can picture his face, but I can't put a name to it. Um... 
But anywho, yeah, he left the tour full. He was like top 50 in the world. He left and went and served his military sentence and came back. And I mean, that is commendable, but if it's by choice, like I think Ben Hogan did that. Ben Hogan left the PJ Tour to go serve the military. Or it was maybe. It was Bay Sang Moon. Sang Moon Bay. Sang Moon Bay. Bay Sang Moon. <laughs> that, that was first name, middle name. Or last name, first name, middle name. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, Sang Moon Bay. Thank you. Yes, he, he left uh, the tour for a few years to go serve his mandatory sentence. Where's he from? South Korea. South Korea. Okay, so if you're a golfer over in South Korea, you're. You better be really fucking good at the Olympics, otherwise. Yeah, he's twenty. He was in. Tw- he was twenty nine. This is in two thousand fifteen. He was twenty nine and already had won two PGA Tour events and has to go back and serve in the military in South Korea. How do you think your golf game is when you're in the military? I don't think it gets better. Let's put it that way. I think you probably get significantly worse. I don't think they let you pick up a club. I don't think that's part of your basic training. I could be wrong. I don't know how they run shit over there, but. I don't think his main focus was golf, and that I just I feel bad for those guys. Like my heart really goes out to them because they're under this dictatorship of you have to do this or you have you do this. You know, like what the fuck? Yeah, I, that just completely throws me for a loop. Uh, and skipping the British Open would suck too. Like that is my favorite tournament of the year. Do you remember we did that live stream and I asked you guys? what your favorite majors were in order. Nobody asked me what mine were. I just No, you, you just said it, though. Did I say it? Yeah, you told us. Are you positive? I'm positive, because you're like, since nobody asked me. Oh, yes. I, I remember nobody asking me. I did tell everyone. But the British Open is my favorite major. Like, I just think it's badass. It's just a, a totally different style of golf. And I don't want to be this guy, but once you play over in those conditions, you really get a feel for, like, how cool it is. And just what they go through, what their game goes through. So I would definitely not want to skip the British Open. I do want to see what the course looks like over at the Olympics, though. What it, I saw the name of it, but I, I, I'm just going to horribly mispronounce it and make an absolute fool out of myself. So I think I'll probably just leave it alone. You have it? It is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kasumigasaki. Kasumigasaki. Country club. It just feels like there's like four too many like vowels in there. <laughs> K-A-S-U-M-I-G-A-S-E-K-I. That's a lot of... Kasumagasi. That's a mouthful. Kasumagaseki. Kasumagaseki. Kasumagaseki country club. Let us know how badly we mispronounced that. Yeah, somebody tweet us and after you listen to this and let us know. <laughs> Once again, we're not good with geography and now we're also not good with pronunciation. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're not very good at either. Um... But yeah, just a wild situation overall. I can't imagine what's going through those guys' heads. Like, all that pressure that you're putting on yourself, not even to just represent your country because they're the the guys representing their country from North Korea. Um, it's North Korea, correct? Not South Korea? No, South, well, Sangmin Bay is South Korea. Oh, okay. Well, I think either Korea. But their government is just so hard on, like, everybody. I'd, I would probably just crumble. Like, I wouldn't be able to live over there. I'd have to get the fuck out, or I'd probably just die, one of the two. Um, Anywho, so that was a pretty crazy story that came out. Let's get to the Um, Rocket... Well, we talked about the Rocket Mortgage. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the match. But before we talk... Well, talking about the match, I don't know if you saw Bryson DeChambeau's cart, 
Covered fully, in DraftKings. Fully loaded in DraftKings. So, DraftKings Sportsbook this weekend. McGregor Poirier, number three. And DraftKings is the official sportsbook and sponsor of the UFC. And they're giving all new users a chance to win $264, UFC 264, off of a $1 bet if there's a knockout in the first round. Which with Conor McGregor going crazy, uh, he could either get knocked out or knock someone out. Mainly this time, Dustin Poirier. He tweeted yesterday, uh, I guess Dustin Poirier's wife or girlfriend was trying to send Conor a message on Instagram. So it's getting pretty intense and it's going to be a great fight. So make sure to go in there and this week use this code. So this code's going to be different. The code this week is not just DNVR, but it's DNVR bar. So use that code DNVR bar. And then you'll, when you sign up for DraftKings, you'll have the chance to win $264 off of a dollar bet. So super easy to do. Log in to DraftKings. Go to DraftKings.com sportsbook for more details. But use that code DNVRBAR and you'll be able to get 264 to 1 odds on a knockout in the first round. So you get to watch the first round. Super exciting. And then you get $264 in your pocket. And if MMA is not for you, they're, they're giving out a ton of boosts. The NBA Finals are still going on. The Stanley Cup is, as of this recording, still going on. Uh, so make sure you check out DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the promo code DNVR, and you'll be able to get all these awesome boosts every year. They make them up all the time. They made a Suns and Four boost for the Western Conference Finals. Um, it's really fun to bet on DraftKings because there's always different stuff going on. You can log in there and try to make money um, based on just their boosts and just things that they... Uh, they want you to bet on. So you must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, so back to, back to big boy Bryson and the match. Okay, I want to say, before we talk about the actual match, this is a huge win for mountain golf courses because I can't tell you how exciting and refreshing it was to watch a golf match on how many courses do they play like that on tour? No. None. Yeah. How many courses do does they the play world in like Tahoe and that doesn't really count like that those are I mean they're mountains but it's not that's not mountain golf that's like like lake golf like lakeside golf. That those layouts that they play I mean they play in the Reno is it the Reno Tahoe Open um, that I wouldn't even say that's necessarily in the mountains. Uh, I don't really consider anything in Nevada. <coughs> excuse me, to be a mountain. But yeah, they never really play courses like that. It's never really televised how good they are. Like, Colorado could have... The amount of venues that could host what they had yesterday was insurmountable. Like, I mean, where they had it, Moonlight Basin Preserve or whatever, the preserve at Moonlight Basin, that place is, like, ultra-exclusive. It's very, very expensive. Kind of along the lines with, like, the... Ja or the is it Jackson... The Yellowstone Club is up there near, like, northern Wyoming, southern Montana. There's so much good golf in that area. But they chose Moonlight Basin, and that course looked unreal. Like, just think about this. There's 7,500 feet elevation, and that course is in absolutely prime condition. Like, how, how much work do you think they need to put in to get that course in that, that kind of shape? In the first week of July, I mean, I know it's the first week of July. It's not like middle of May, but those they probably still get pretty close to to sub freezing temperatures in the middle of the night. So 
I really don't know how they did it, but the course looked amazing. Just, I'm glad they actually captured. They had like a, a blimp above. They had drones all over. They saw they, there was bears out there. There was coyotes. Oh, I'm talking about electronics, not. <laughs> no, but I'm saying I'm saying they got to capture <laughs> yes, all that. They captured having... a lot of it. There's almost a bear that took down like some camera wires. I don't know if you saw that or yeah. not. They're sniffing around. Uh, but yeah, just capturing that kind of wildlife. I think a venue like that sets up so much better. It's almost like. A Tiger Woods like video game. I would never choose to play like a Florida course or what. Yeah. I would choose a mountain course. You know, right. it's it's just cool. The views are awesome. The elevation change, and I'm not saying it's necessarily the most legitimate golf like for tournament golf. Some of those holes were all janky. Like, huge, like you, you get it running down the fairway, it's going to run another hundred yards. There was a, a tee shot that Tom Brady hit, landed in the left rough and ended in the right native, and he did have a little bit of left to right on it, but at the same time. That shouldn't be the case with a golf course for, like, scoring purposes. It was a little bit janky, I would say. Not janky, but just the piece of land alone, you can only do so much with it. You can't make a flat area in the middle of a 7,500-foot mountain base. So, Well, and you also can't, you know, Bryson hit a drive 480 yards. He hit another one 438. You also can't make that course physically long enough. Like, no. when you have guys driving par fours, like Tom Brady hit one to, like, eight feet on that par four. That was... Uh, our buddy Eric Hallberg, if you're listening, shout out Eric. Uh, he got to play that course. He said it's about 320 because the way they measure a hole, it said it was 392, but you have to go basically cutting it down the fairway to the dog to leg, the dog and, then leg over and then over. The so it's about a 320 carry, still impressive um, off yeah. the tee, but the distance they got was unreal. Like the ninth hole, which was there, like, oh, this is a great golf hole. Bryson hit like a four iron and hit it over. Phil hit like a, 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 a some sort of hybrid and a par four sailed the green into the back. Native. Oh, I saw that. That's yeah. Insane. So it's like you can't really have a professional tournament there, which sucks. But you just being able to see the mountain golf course, I think so many people are lost on that. And it's oh, all the best golf is in California or Florida or Scottsdale. And I'm like, no, dude, that's what we've been trying to talk about. That's why we're trying to get, that's why we do this podcast is like, get, and is that course like every course in Colorado? No. The Valley of Fun looks very different from Moonlight Basin. <laughs> but Keystone Ranch, you, there's courses up in the mountains. That play, Steamboat, like that. There's courses in Steamboat. Yeah. There's courses in um, Breckenridge. Breckenridge that play just like that. that Aspen. Lakota Canyon cool. plays just like that, where there's the giant drops. Can you imagine a flyover from Lakota? That would yeah. be badass. Yeah, and if it's you miss... It's definitely not long enough, but... If you miss, you're, you're not on the planet. No. You know, you're not on a flat other fairway. You are, you know, it's hole, it's hole by hole where it's like not even close to each other. And so I thought it was a huge win for just the golf course in general and just changing it up. Oh, You know, absolutely. we don't need to see another tournament in Scottsdale. We see enough of those. We don't need to see another California golf course. We see enough of those. Um, you know, it, it, it was really cool for me to see the pine trees because that's what we're used to. Like yeah. for us... In, growing up in Colorado, going to play a dope course is not flying out of the state. It's going up to the mountains in the four to five we got months it, that yeah, they're we open. Got it in our backyard. Yeah, I remember we got to play at, I believe, Keystone when we were in high school. And then that winter, I skied right over like the seventh fairway. I snowboarded, whatever. But that, it's just such a bizarre concept to me in general that. How you I, have golf courses in the mountains like that. And yeah. I, it's like a, a maintenance marvel that. that they can get that course, and it all depends on funding too. I mean, I don't think Moonlight Basin's got a, a short on money. Um, I think Justin Timberlake, a bunch of other celebrities, are out there. I know a lot of 
like Ian Poulter, most famously, I would say, at least from who I follow on Twitter, he goes out there for like two weeks in every winter. And he also probably drops about a hundred grand in two weeks. His family stays out there. They go snowboarding and skiing every day and blah, blah, blah. And not everybody's got that kind of money, but just the fact that you can take a piece of land at 7,500 feet in the middle of the mountains, build a golf course out of it and maintain it and have those kinds of views on a golf course is just unbelievable to me. Um, real quick, I didn't think they played one hole that was uphill yesterday. Did you ever, did you see any hole that played uphill? No. I, I saw that one par five approach shot that Phil had like a 60 yard wedge in that was a little uphill, but it felt like they just were just going straight downhill all day. Like, I don't know if they would just hit the ball downhill towards the hole and then the cart path was after the green was straight up again and then they just go down the mountain again. But it felt like you could have made a fucking ski run out of some of those holes. Like, just insane slope, insane uh, undulation, elevation change on them. So it was super fun to just watch them play. Uh, it, actually, the first hole really reminded me of a hole out of Breckenridge Golf Club. That dogleg left, that, where you hit it left, you're in the native. Um, you hit it right, there's bunkers. Just a really quality hole. And let's talk a, bit, a little bit about their play. So, um, first of all, if you didn't hear, Bryson and Aaron Rodgers won it. They finished them off on 15, I want to say. They were four up after 15, four up with four and three. Excuse me. They, were, they went four and three. They closed them out on 15. Aaron Rodgers sunk a pretty clutch 12-footer. I mean, he just had a two-putt. And then they had a dormy, so it wasn't like there was that much pressure. But he just knocked it in and put them out of their misery. Um, but Bryson came up, came out pretty hot right off the bat, chipped in on hole number one, and it was actually like Spencer and I discussed this. I didn't know if I loved the alternate shot or not, but it was kind of cool to see Bryson and Phil put in those certain positions. Where and they didn't even have to take. They never had to take Brady or Rogers drives, but in some instances they did. Uh, yeah, they took uh, six of seven drives in the middle of the of Aaron's versus Bryson. Wow. That that team took, and it's actually when you it's there's so much uh, there's so much that goes into playing you know different formats of golf, but that format honestly, like the difference between a PGA Tour player. And even a good stick like Rodgers or Brady, who aren't even like good good sticks, that if you have, uh, you know, Bryson from 160, that's way more likely to be close than even Aaron from like 110, yeah. 120. Oh yeah. So if you have your part, you know, ideally you're taking. I mean, they were taking Aaron's drives out of necessity because Bryson was deciding to put himself in with the Bears and the Coyotes all day, but it's a lot more likely that Bryson's going to hit it close, like I said. So it, it plays into it a little bit when both balls are in play or, like, you definitely want Phil or Bryson taking the second shot. Oh, that. yeah, absolutely, because that's really the difference with, ten handy, say, a 10 handicap versus a tour pro. A 10 handicap, especially those guys, they're great athletes, they were getting ball speeds up 170-plus. Like, that's, like, tour ball speed. They're moving it. Like, they're, they're not swinging soft at it. Um and they can produce that from time to time. Like, they can swing it hard. They're good athletes. And they can move it out there at a, a length that's pretty close to two or average or right below it. But the approach shot is what really differentiates. Like, did you see Tom? I mean, both of them did it. Just hit iron shots off the face of the earth. 
like 50 yards right or 50 yards left, 50 yards right with a seven iron. Like that is really the difference between a 10 and a tour player or even like a scratch. Like you don't have those obscenely off the map golf shots with better players. They're, they're just more dialed, their game's tighter. And so, yeah, I mean, having Bryson or Phil hit an approach shot, if Rogers or Brady could put him in the fairway, and I'd say Rogers, I mean, they both hit a few shots where I'm like, holy shit. I mean, the drive that Brady hit on three, was it two or three? I think it's three. Three was absolutely phenomenal. Like, in that, that was like a tour quality shot. But a 10 handicap can produce maybe like one or two tour quality shots in a round of 18 holes. Those guys were stuffing shots on almost every part of three. They were hitting a lot of the fairways. Bryson uh, missed a few of the fairways, I think, because, well, he was just swinging so hard at him. And I don't really understand because they were teeing off first. And I think that made it tougher for Bryson because they were playing further back uh, than Brady and. On most holes. On some holes, they teed out from the same spot. It was weird. Really? Yeah. Huh, like, so on the ninth hole, they all hit from the exact same spot. So, kind of a combo tee scenario? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, on some of the holes where Bryson and Phil had to tee off first, I'd be like, I wish my partner could go just put something out in the middle, and if they don't, then it would kind of dictate the club that I hit. Because there was one hole where, it was that part five down the hill, where Bryson hits it left, and then Aaron gets up and hits it further left. And you can't necessarily blame Aaron. Like, Bryson probably should have just dialed it back. I oh, mean, that was on the par five. Yeah, when, the And then Bryson made five. an unreal second shot from the freaking cart path. Did they end up losing that hole? I think so, I yeah. Say, they, uh, they didn't make birdie. And Phil fun. got it, moved it to like three feet, and then um, Brady knocked it in. But, yeah. No, that hybrid was phenomenal considering how much cart path he was taking along with it. Like, he basically had to stand that thing like straight up on the toe of the club and slice it and he got it down there a pretty good ways too so i was pretty damn impressed i mean bryson's a tour pro but aaron Rodgers putted the ball really well brady i would say putted pretty well too um one of my biggest pet peeves i think was probably just phil talking incessantly and that's the tough thing is these guys are not mic'd up they're not expected to talk all the time they're not expected to entertain like put on a show they go out there they hit it around maybe they get one or two clips of them talking to their caddy but they're never asked to be on point all the time like creating content make like making viewers happy and in all honesty phil is like the guy for that job he's that guy yeah and so i can't hate on it too much but he like i think the other guys just needed to talk more because he was like, I, I'm in a classic case of I hate awkward silences and I can't handle silence, so I will just fill that with my words. And I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing or not, but I'd rather talk than have somebody just sit there staring at me and me staring back at him. And I kind of think that's how Phil felt, especially towards the end. I don't know if the other guys are running out of gas or not, but the talking just became less and less as the as the match went on. Well, I think in general it's, it would be a huge win for golf if they were a lot more into the mic'd up scenario. I think that's what part of what makes that so cool. Like, if you can you imagine, I, I want to see, we haven't seen the exact viewership on the match yet. Uh, maybe I can find that here real quick. But I think if more golf tournaments heard, like Bryson on the first hole, for instance, when he chipped it in, he's like, yeah, I'm trying, and, and he's a scientist. He's about as into the game and all the little inches and here and there as anybody in the in the game of golf in general. But just hearing him talk through a shot 
and then hit the exact shot and hit it in. I think that's what really attracts a lot of people to golf. And like I said, they don't allow a ton of mic'd up. You know, when you hear the biggest clips from each tournament each week are like the caddy telling a player this or player telling a caddy this and then it happens. That is what can grow golf, in my opinion, and that's why I believe like this. I think this is the third or fourth match that's happened like this, mm-hmm. where they've had it mic'd up, cameras, you can hear everything the players are saying, and I think that's why it's getting so much viewership, based on the fact that you get a little look into what the players are doing. And we talked a little bit about earlier how different like ten handicaps are, even though ten, you know, even eights, fives, fours are from tour pros and it's all the little nuances that they go through on the green. Like they Phil and Bryson would talk about something that was completely normal for them and it is a million miles over Aaron's and Tom's head. Yeah, totally. And like you said, I mean it makes it more relatable. I would almost guarantee you, I don't think this is even a hot take. I think the ratings on yesterday's match are, are probably higher than any non-major tour event on Sunday has been so far this year. I don't think that's really a hot take. That's probably a fact. Because people want to hear what these guys are saying. And then you throw the mix of these athletes and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady that are football players playing golf. Like, can you imagine throwing PGA Tour players out on the football field? It's not doable. And that's what's so beautiful about golf is, like, everybody golfs. And not everybody's good at it. But... Like, watching Tom Brady hit it off the map, watching Aaron Rodgers struggle. You know, you're so used to seeing those guys be so on point every Sunday and never missing a throw that to see that they're humans just like us and they miss golf shots, I think that makes people realize that golf is much more accessible than they think it is. Like, the PGA Tour is not the game of golf. It is a microcosm of the game of golf. And so exposing amateurs and actually being real with, like, how good or not good some people are, I think can make a huge difference in people realizing this is a game that they can play and it's something that they can do. Yeah. Well, like even here's a quote from Aaron Rodgers that said, um, uh, that, oh, where did it go? He said, Bryson, he's a maniac, man. Uh, the thing he, the things he thinks about and talks about is a tad bit overwhelming at times, but I just humor him because he's my partner today. So that goes into like, yeah, and Bryson is overly a little crazy, but... And so was Phil even yesterday. He was so analytical and so over the top. Like, oh, I'm going to pitch this three yards short of the... And we, we've talked about aim small, miss small. Phil just took, Phil took that to a completely different level with, I'm going to land it here, I'm going to do this. And I know he's very precise, but give it a fucking rest, dude. You're going to land it somewhere up near the hole. He was like, I'm going to hit this high thing that's going to... And then he goes, well, I hit it low, and it, it, I didn't have to carry it as far. It's like, yeah, that's totally fine. You don't need to just make something up. Just hit your shot. And, you know, that Calling your shot in golf is borderline impossible. <laughs> like, No matter if you end up with a good result, you didn't... Maybe 10% of the time, you did exactly what you had the intention of doing. Yeah. Easily. But the match, all in all, huge W for charity. There was a lot of money given out, which makes these things even better. Huge W for mountain courses and for maybe some of, golf. some of us in Colorado. And yeah, and overall, just the game of golf. Small W for Bryson and Aaron. Um, and Aaron was really great. Aaron was phenomenal. He, yeah. The question about the Packers, that was pretty great. Tom's comment about, I think he's I, or he's the leader of the Packers. 
I think. Uh, and then they they were all asking him, and he didn't wanna didn't wanna say, didn't wanna let any insight out there. But he said he said he'd tell Chuck in Lake Tahoe in the next week or so. So that'll yeah, be that that was kind of interesting. One other thing I thought was absolutely hilarious was how much shit Phil was talking to Tom. Like it's his own. He's just an he's a savage. He doesn't care who you are. He'll talk shit to you even if you're on his team. I forget. What, oh, what did he say? He was just talking shit about his golf game, making making Bucks comments, making different comments. Um, or no, he took a shot at Eric. He took an underhanded shot at Aaron Rodgers, but nobody was safe. Like, he talked shit about everyone. He talked shit about Bryson. He talked shit about Aaron. He talked shit about Tom. And I think probably Charles, anybody on the broadcast, he'd throw it out there. So Phil is an all-time entertainer. He's built for shit like that. I just want to get somebody that can match Phil's energy. Like, get Kevin Kisner out there. And even Kisner tweeted. Yeah. He's like, somebody let me do this back nine. My God. Get Kisner and Mickelson and then, like, whoever the fuck else you want to get. Who would be, like, another electric quarterback to have on? Uh, like, shit talker. Phil Rivers. Phil, oh, my God. Philip Rivers would be perfect. Let's sing one more. Well, Bryson definitely gave me some Phil Rivers vibes because he knew he was mic'd up. Like, he, I think oh, he said, shoot. he said, holy crud. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Man, like, stop it. Please just let the expletives fly. Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, even if you have to bleep it out. I love bleeps. That's Bleeps weird. are almost funnier. Half yeah, the time. exactly. You don't know exactly what they said. Yeah, 100%. Like, Russell Wilson would be probably the all-time worst quarterback to have. Uh, play in a match like that. <laughs> Who else? Like NBA, let's think. Maybe Chris Paul. Maybe Pat Beverly. I don't know. There's so many good options. And you can talk so much more shit golfing, too, because, one, first of all, you're not running up and down the court or running up and down the field. Second of all, you've got so much more time in between shots. So I think they should start doing more of this with different celebrities and even get guys that have beef, like... I think Bryson and Brooks would be must-see TV. Can you imagine the kind of numbers that would do to get, like, fucking anybody be Brooks's teammate and anybody else be Bryson's teammate? Like, because Bryson low-key seems, and I told you this yesterday, he low-key seems like a dude that, you know, like, he's got the, like, laughing face on, like, mask on, but, lo- like, behind the mask, he's, like, fucking crying, like, angry. <laughs> like, this teared-up, like, sad face, like, when people talk shit to him. I really don't think he likes it at all, but he acts... He can't not... He can't act like he doesn't like it, because then he'll catch even more shit than he already does. See, he's, like, already out of his comfort zone, but I would love to have somebody be, like, a genuine dick to him and just see how he deals with it, because... I don't think it would go well. and I, I could see Bryson, like, legit crying on the golf course. That's just kind of the vibe I get from him. Yeah, he, he has the big, uh, like, I'm, I'm going to be a fake tough guy. I'm going to try to talk shit, but I can't really talk shit. And then I'm going to I'm gonna go into the office and cry. <laughs> Shout out our boy Parker. That's, a, that's, that's an inside, inside reference. Yeah. Um, anywho, overall match was great. We're going to move on and give you our picks for the John Deere Classic this week. Yeah, so John Deere Classic, TPC Deer Run. The fun thing about this course, so it's kind of the opposite of what we've always talked about, watching the players struggle like a U.S. Open. There's not going to be very many players that struggle at this golf course. I believe the cut last year was minus three, and the last four winners were 18 under, 27 under, 21 under, and 22 under. 
So there will be a lot of birdies made this weekend. And this is kind of a course that has had a few like same like winners. The same guys win this shit all the time. Steve Stricker owns this place. Zach Johnson, Zach Johnson owns Jordan this place. Spies played really well there. Bryson's won here. Um, yeah, there's just a handful of dudes. Holy shit, Zach Johnson's odds are through the roof. I mean, he's been playing horrible. Uh, but you still got to think he's got a decent shot. That's just... That's like a home fucking, that's a home game for him. I don't know how he can hate that. But anywho, Spencer, go ahead and give me a few of your picks for the John Deere Classic. All right, so I'm logging into the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Are going, you there? Going over, clicking PGA Tour, John Deere Classic. Um, we're going to go with, uh, I don't want to pick him again, but um, I'm not going to. Just just so everybody knows, I was about to pick Sunjay in, but I pick him like every week, so I'm <laughs> done with that. Um, I'm going to throw Stricker in there. He's won too many times here to not pick him. He's plus 3,300 to win and plus 335 to top 10. I'm also going to toss in Troy Merritt. He is plus 4,000 to win and plus 350 to top 10. He was basically one shot off. He was in the playoff last weekend playing some really good golf. Uh, so I'm going to go with Troy Merritt as well. And then a little bit of a flyer, um, but he's also been like in the final group or close to the final group the last couple tournaments is Hank Lebiota. Uh, I'm going to take him. He's plus 5,000 to win and plus 450 to top 10. I like that. I like that. Okay, my first one's going to be a flyer. I'm going Luke List plus 9,000 to win, plus 900 to top 10. He hits it a hell of a long way. Even when he's not playing very well, he still bombs it. Just a, a I mean, he's out on tour, so he's a pretty good all-around stick, but he has a chance to really make a shitload of birdies. Um, Kramer Hickok, I like him. He's been playing some really good golf as of late. And like we said, this tournament is not challenging. You, it's a birdie fest. You got so you can hit it close the, the most times. And Kramer's been striking the ball really well. He's had multiple top tens the last couple months. Um, so plus 66, 100 to win, plus 600 to top 10. And then... I am going to go with Maverick McNeely, plus 3,300 to win, plus 335 to top 10. He's one of those young emerging guys that really is trying to make a name for himself. And I wouldn't say, like, this is Jordan Spieth's first signature win was at the John Deere Classic. So let's see Maverick McNeely go out and put a put an exclamation point on his young career so far. Um, take our picks or don't. You might thank us later, you might not. But we're definitely going to gloat on the podcast next week if we do end up uh, hitting a winner. So. If we win, credit to us. If we lose, no fault of our own. Exactly. So thank you guys all for tuning in to this episode of Big Drive Energy. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at DNBR underscore golf. I am at Big Drive Spence. He is at Big Drive Mitch. We got a lot of fun golf to come. Uh, this still yet this year with the... Ryder Cup, everything coming back from COVID, the Olympics. We'll be talking about all of that and more. Catch us on a live stream at the U.S. Open. And also, we are going to be heading up to TPC Colorado this Sunday to cover the final round of the Colorado Championship on the Corn Ferry Tour at TPC here on Lakes. So make sure to check us out for that, all that coverage. We will talk to you guys next week. Peace.